and uh, it's good to see you filling in the, the gaps. Well, there aren't, you can't fill the gaps, but you know what I mean. <laughs> there are gaps between you. Uh, first of all, let me bring you a Christmas greeting, which is keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Seems appropriate. I've got that poster in my church office and another copy in my home office at home. A um, little bit of a pastoral talk before I get into the, the message today. Firstly, let me say that many of us are disappointed and even frustrated with the sudden restrictions on this Christmas. We're also heading towards a whole mess of Brexit. Um, but this last month of 2020 may be in some ways the worst month yet, but at least in this Tier 4 lockdown, church gatherings can be maintained. Uh, the government listened to us. Uh, you know, It's important that people can gather and worship. But both as households and as church communities, we need to stay calm, obey the regulations, but do what we can do. The, the, the danger is we, we, we flip out. We go, oh, I can't be bothered. But we do what we can do and put the effort in to stay connected, to communicate, to get on FaceTime or um, Zoom or something on Sunday and connect with our loved ones in other ways. Stay calm, carry on, do what you can rather than worry and allow your peace and joy to be taken from you. All right? Now for this morning, here's my title, Jesus' New Name, question mark. One day, the Lord Jesus will have a new name. Now, stay with me. I'm not saying someone's going to come and become the new Jesus. No, there have been plenty of those over history. The same Jesus that is known to us now and in history will be known to us in the future still, but he will actually gain a new name. Well, let's think about this for a minute. Here's what got me started, because we're reading from Revelation during December in our Bible readings. And in Revelation 3.12, it says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar or her, a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. He'll be there, right in the temple of God. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him, get this, my new name. Now this, of course, is Jerusalem and temple imagery used prophetically. The one who overcomes is faithful to the Lord Jesus, enduring even necessary to the point of death, will have inscribed on him or her, will become like a temple in the house of God. They, they will never leave the presence of God. And there will be names written upon them. They're not the name of an architect or builder, or like in ancient uh, old Anglican churches, the name of some local dignity who died and they're recorded there. It's these three names. The name of my God, the name of the New Jerusalem, which, by the way, is not New Jerusalem. We'll find out in a while. And my new name. Let me come back to those three names in a while. But Jesus clearly says there, I will write on him my new name. Well, what new name could Jesus Messiah possibly have in the future? So let's think about names for a moment. <clears throat> names nowadays are just nice sounds very often, aren't they? Uh, but they used to have a significance. They used to have meaning. Our surnames are relics of what our ancestors once did for their living. A smith, a tailor, a baker, and so on. Or of a place we lived. Think too about the labels we each carry at various times in our lives. So a, a man growing, this person may be a child, a youth, an adult. A, maybe, a man may be a bachelor, a husband, a father, a grandfather. Um, 
Uh, a woman may be, uh, I've come to think of a better word, but I grew up in the West Midlands where we speak old-fashioned English. She may be a maid, a maiden, a wife, a mother, a grandmother. When he was born, Joseph, the, the, the uh, spoused husband, though not yet married to her, of Mary, was told that he would to give the name Jesus to the son that was to be born to her. The name Jesus means the Lord who saves. So we'll have our Advent scripture reading today, shall we? Let's turn to Matthew 1. If you've got a Bible with you or a device, look it up. Matthew 1, verse 18. Pick it up there with me. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, to divorce her. But while he thought about these things, look, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Here's the scripture. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord for the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded him and took to him his wife, but didn't know her, didn't have relations with her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew tells us why Jesus is called Jesus, because he's the God who saves. But then quotes a prophecy from Isaiah 600 years before Jesus was born to say that his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, the name Jesus is the one that he's been known by since he was born. Mostly during his life, he was known as Jesus of Nazareth because he was a northerner. And he continues to be known as Jesus to this day, by the way, that's not the way you pronounce it in any of the original languages. It's just the way we do. He is the Savior, the one who offers redemption, rescue, restoration. In fact, what he offers is salvation and grace, which are far bigger than just the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is great, but salvation and grace are far, far bigger than the foothills of forgiveness. Jeez, for Jesus to become our Savior, he had to be born a man, a human. He had to live as we do, encounter what we do. He had to die in our place as the sacrifice for our sins, our representative. He had to be raised again from the dead so that he could offer us new life and go into heaven to be there, our continuing king and high priest. And yes, during his life amongst us, he was in a sense Emmanuel, God with us. If you saw him, you saw God. If you heard him, you heard God. God could be watched in those, those, those brief years of his ministry in the land of, of Israel. God could be watched, observed, and listened to in Jesus, the Son. But before Jesus ascended to heaven and sat in the throne of his Father, he left us with promises and paradox. I'll be with you, but I won't be with you. That's the language that he used in talking to his disciples on the days before he went to the cross. I'm going away. I'm just picking up bits from John 13 through to 17. I'm going away. 
but, but I'll send you another helper, the Holy Spirit. I won't leave you like orphans. I'll come to you. During some weeks after he rose from the dead, Jesus appeared to them at times, but mostly he was not with them. He wasn't with them all every day for 40 days at all. He was with them four or five times in that time. Then he visibly went up from them, received in the cloud into heaven, and they had then to go back in Jerusalem and wait for over a week, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them. They then knew the presence and power of Jesus with them through the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who had been to them visible, tangible, blessing, John used to rest his head on Jesus' chest when it was a mealtime, became for them the unseen Jesus. And that has been the experience of every Christian since then. We live by faith. Peter says, we love someone we have never seen, whom having not seen, you love. Let's go back again to Jesus making that promise to those who are faithful and overcome in the fight for faith and obedience. It's a promise about future reward. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out no more. He'll be there in God's presence. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write on him my new name. Well, let's pick out those names. I've lost it somewhere. Okay, the new names. The name of my God is Yahweh, the I am. I am what I am, who I am. The name of God is Yahweh, the I am. The name of the New Jerusalem is not actually New Jerusalem. If you go back to Ezekiel, where Ezekiel pictures, just as Revelation does, this, this great city, and it's a, it's a prophetic picture. It's not a reality that's going to happen. It's a prophetic picture that tells us a great story about these things. And he says there, Ezekiel 48, 35, the name of the city from that day shall be no longer Jerusalem, but the Lord is there. Now, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Hebrew, but what I understand is if you take those words very simply, they translate as Yahweh's place. Isn't that good? It's where Yahweh is. The name of that city will have a new name. The I Am is there. And then the name of Jesus, following the same logic, the same process, right? I am, I am is there, I am is with us. The name that will become dear to us in future reward, in the age to come, will be Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. In the eternal age, those names become reality for God's children. The I am lives in a picture in his eternal city. Actually, the way you spell that out is in his community, in his family, with his children gathered around him. And he is there with us, and we get to see and be with Jesus. Revelation throws a number of prophetic pictures of us about the eternal age to come. And in Revelation 21... Um, John is told, look, I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb, the bride of the lamb. And he sees the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven. You think, well, I thought you told me it was going to be the bride. They're both pictures of the same thing. This community of gathered people belonging to Jesus, being joined to Jesus, almost as in a marriage ceremony. And that the city doesn't need light because Jesus is the light. They're pro- profound prophetic images. But they mustn't be overextended. You mustn't let your imagination run wild and add to them. 
We shall be gathered together to the Lord as one community, just like a city. And we'll be gathered to him intimately, just like a bride. And we shall be him with him, just like a bride is with her husband. Now, Jesus is our Savior. And he's still saving us. Oh, I tell you, he's still saving me, that's for sure. When we Christians die, he accepts and takes our soul or spirit, they're interchangeable, to be with him in heaven. But that is not our final and full salvation. For at the last day, he will raise all the dead and give to his people renewed and glorified bodies like his supernaturally empowered body. At the same time, sin and death, we sang some of these things earlier, bless you folks, we At the same time, sin and death, which are already now defeated in and by Jesus through his life and death and resurrection, will then be destroyed. Destroyed. Consumed. So on the last day, when Jesus returns from heaven, he will finish his work as Savior. We shall be completely and eternally saved, restored to the image of God, made perfect. Jesus, our Savior, will have completed the role that that name gave him. But he will be for us forever something else. Emmanuel. Jesus chose his disciples, it says in the Gospels, to be with him. Did you ever hear that? Did you ever read that? He chose them so that they might be with him. Jesus, again we sang it in a song, Jesus desires that we be near him, with him. Listen to this prayer, John 17. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you've given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus prays for that day when all those who've been given him by the Father will be with him and they may see him and encounter him. He prays for it. Well, at the end of the age, that prayer will be answered. Those who are given to him by the Father will all be with him and will see him and know him. We will experience and know him in a new way and therefore a new name, a new role comes into operation. Emmanuel. There will be no more distance between us and Jesus. There will be no more disruptions. No more disturbances. No more diversions. No more distractions. Belief and faith and obedience will have run their course and will be rewarded. And they'll be overtaken by sight knowledge and dialogue and communication. For now, we believe and trust and obey and love someone we cannot see, though we experience his presence at times through the Spirit. Now we live from faith to faith, but then we shall see him face to face. We shall know him as he knows us, Paul says in Corinthians. No, I don't think that we'll forget the name of Jesus. It will always be precious to us. But we will learn to connect to Jesus and and, and to relate to Jesus in a new way. And so it gains a new name too. 
Emmanuel. doesn't matter if you spell it with an E or an I. Don't get fussed about that. Set your heart and hope on that day. It's this eternal and future and eternal perspective that holds us through difficult times, that keeps us on our purpose and our course in Jesus. It's the future hope that we, that we, we reach for, that, we, that gives us the present grace to endure. Let me just read this from 1 John, one of my favorite scriptures. Beloved, now you are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. We've got glimpses, we don't know it all. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. My friend, are you a child of God, a lover of Jesus, though you've not seen him? Are you continuing in faith and obedience towards him? Listen, keep calling on Jesus, the God who saves. He hasn't finished with you yet. If you think you're finished yet, you're not. I think you'd be in heaven if you were, but you're not. You're here. Keep calling on Jesus who continues to save us. Keep relying on him to get you through every time and season and trial and there have been plenty of those. I mean, it's amazing all the, when there's big stuff happening, how small stuff can take your attention as well. Why is that a problem as well? You know? Diversions. But our focus needs to be Jesus. In fact, maybe we'll do it double barrel. Jesus Emmanuel. Shall we do it double barrel? One day, your faithfulness, your endurance will be rewarded with this seeing and knowing Him in a way and to a depth that even those disciples who were with him did not then know him. Get that. We will know more in the eternal age than they knew then. We, ha- we will, t- with them, of course, have a greater experience than they had. Th- if only I could have been there when Jesus was around. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Have an imagine about that. But we will have better in the future, stored up for those of us who have not seen it. Seeing Emmanuel, bathing in his glory, enjoying his person and presence. I'm going to pray. And then Debbie and that whole team are going to come up and sing a, a song to you. That's right, isn't it? And then we're going to, we've got one more video after that. And then last songs together, all right? And we may even finish on time despite putting so much together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to encourage you if you're a Christian to keep trusting Jesus your Savior and looking forward to the day when you will see him as he is. When he will become to you, he'll gain for you a new name. Not the old one, the old one doesn't, or the one you've loved so long doesn't need to be dismissed, but he'll have a new name, a new role for you as well. He will be God with you, Emmanuel. Even now we get glimpses of that. Even now we have moments when the Holy Spirit communicates the presence of Jesus. Set your heart on him. These are trying times. But set your heart on him. And if you're not yet a believer, you don't yet know God through Jesus. Jesus is Savior, God is Father. Say a prayer today that submits yourself into his hands. 
Lord Jesus, please, can I know you and follow you from today? That's a prayer that will be heard in heaven and answered very quickly. Submit yourself to him. Ask him to become your savior and to continue to be your savior through this life. Amen. Amen. Thank you.